You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 287. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. As you guys know, I love my Four Sigmatic mochas. I love drinking them in the morning as I get out of bed. My favorite thing to do in the morning, my morning alignment time, if you could call it that, is to get out of bed, have my Four Sigmatic, turn on some kind of, you know, interesting information learning format, whether that's on YouTube or an online class or something like that, before everyone else has woken up in the world. To do that around sunrise is my favorite thing. And I love my Four Sigmatic mochas to drink during that. It is something that I look forward to so very much. If you guys wanna try them out, they have superfoods built in, so there's many added benefits beyond just the delicious taste that I enjoy. They have superfood elixirs. The one that I use, the mocha, has a chaga mushroom built into it, and there are many other products they have with other benefits as well. If you wanna go over to foursigmatic.com slash lively, you can check out all of their options for yourself. As you can hear me say, it's that green mocha mix that is my personal favorite. They ship it to me wherever I am in the world, and I continue to enjoy and drink it along the way. And also it has half the caffeine and there's no jitters, stomach issues, or crash. So all the things I don't love about espresso are not things I have to worry about with my Four Sigmatic. If you also wanna place an order on whatever purchases you'd like to make, you can use the code LIVELY at checkout to save 15% off of your order. Okay guys, so where I am, I am in Ann Arbor right now, but I'm taking a train ride to Chicago very soon. So I'm looking forward to that. It's kind of a flowy, unexpected detour on my path, kind of like when I took the overnight flight with a few hours notice from Hawaii to Vancouver just a little while ago. This is likewise a similarly unexpected thing, but I'm excited to be there and be back. I haven't been back to Chicago in probably a year and a half or so, but those that have been listening for a long time may recall that I spent seven years in my 20s living in Chicago. So it'll be fun to be back and see people while I'm there. Now for today's episode, we are speaking with Erica Wernick of hollywoodsuccesscoach.com. Erica is a big fan of The Lively Show and jumped right on board with these client sessions. For those that have been asking, I post on Instagram stories whenever the mood strikes me to do more client sessions on the Instagram stories with a link to where people can sign up. And Erica was on her Instagram stories and the time frame that I had shared. Those spots tend to go very quickly. So she got in there, she saw it, she booked it, and now she's on the show. In this episode, we're gonna be talking about something that I think is really, really helpful. There's a lot of goosebumps in this one. There's discussion around the law of attraction and how it is different or similar to going beyond the mind. So basically, the difference between the seasons of season four Jess and the season five Jess, as you guys are uncovering what this is all about now. So we're going to explore that in depth and also talk about how Erica, in her own business and with her own coaching clients, can approach her business and her results with her clients and herself in a more aligned way. And we're going to talk about why we don't need to, quote unquote, level up in our jobs in order to be happy. Plus, we're going to talk about how to let your minds guard down in order to truly hear your inner voice, which I think will be helpful for a lot of people as well. Let's go to the show. Okay, so how can we help you today? Well, I have a couple of questions that I really think are all related. 
So I'm just going to kind of dive into those, I guess. All right, let's get started. So what are the questions? Okay, so I think the first one that's something that I'm trying to figure out, not only for me, but also for my clients is I would need to learn more about the hustle versus ease conversation. And I have been trying to implement this in my life ever since listening to your podcast. And I still feel there's a lot of upstream for me. Well, that's a good thing. At least you notice it. At least you're not telling a story that says you're not doing it because then you couldn't see past it. So that's a good thing. The fact that you can actually tell you're going upstream and not validating the choice to struggle by saying it's necessary, right? When you say I'm going upstream, you're not saying I have to go upstream. You're just saying I notice that I am. That's a huge difference. Definitely. And the odd thing for me is that sometimes the same actions feel upstream and other times it feels downstream or the results are flowing in super easily all the time. And then there's a period of they're not flowing in and I haven't really changed anything. But then I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm sure something about my vibration shifted. I'm trying to figure it out. And then I'm also, I don't know if this is getting like too deep into this, but I started thinking, you know, what actually is hustle? Because I bet that everybody defines that differently. And some people might feel like one action or one way of doing things is hustling. And another person might feel like that's just my inspired action for the day. And it feels really great. That's what the difference between energy and vibrational states is. So it's just the same action. Actions are actions. They're just like pieces of wood. (laughs) We just, uh, I don't know why that's the phrase that came up, but like you're just carrying a piece of wood. Are you carrying it because it's making you happy? Are you carrying it because you're scared and you think you have to? Okay. So if you are on a casting call, because you are in Hollywood, right? If I'm not mistaken. Okay. So if you're going there because you love acting and you're excited to share that in that present moment, in that experience versus going because you have to? What's the difference energetically for your audition? Totally. I mean, my client would have a much more aligned audition. Yeah, because they wouldn't be regarding the outcome as the reason they're there in the first place. And most people don't get that yet. They're so attached to the outcome that they can't enjoy the action. Yes. (laughs) They got into the job to act, but they then, their mind... The mind, I don't even want to like personify it to that individual. It's just the mind that's in everyone. So they love to act, but then the mind takes over acting as an identity and an outcome. And then if it doesn't get the outcome, its identity is threatened, which means the mind is threatened, which means a persona that's fake that doesn't really exist, but we're living out of because we're kind of a evolutionarily stunted. We're not stunted. We're just growing. We're just like adolescents. We haven't outgrown the identity of the mind being who we are. And so that part of us then takes what we used to love when we were little and turns it into something that's now suffering. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. But then I guess my follow-up question with that, which I'm sure you've talked about a million times, so forgive me, because it's not like you're going to stop wanting the outcome. You know, part of the outcome is what brought you even here on this journey. It's like, I guess it's about letting go of the outcome. I remember Liz Gilbert, I think she might have said it in our episode 100, She said, at least in Big Magic, she said, you know, don't put all the pressure on this passion that you love. Like, don't make it a need. 
Like the people that are there that don't have any other way to make money and they're like like putting all of their eggs in this one basket, if their inner voice is not calling them to that and if their voice is calling them to that, they'll have alignment doing so. And they would have disalignment having a second job. But if someone is like egoically mind focused doing this and they're super pressured because they have rent to pay, that's not a fun acting experience, I would imagine. There's a ton of stress. But if you say, I'm doing this because I love it and it's not that I, in this moment, have to rely upon it for income and my inner voice isn't telling me I need to either, I get to let this grow and expand as it wants to in a fun way for me. Then I can go in and I'm not staking everything I own. But really, it's not even about that, I think. It's not even always about the income. Like, yeah, those decisions, Liz Gilbert even said, you know, don't put that on yourself. She had several jobs while she was a successful writer. I think it was until Eat, Pray, Love that she like was still having other jobs while she was a published author. Yeah, definitely. But if you take the financial pressure off of these people and they're at the audition, so they no longer need the money as like, this is the reason that's is stressful. What's stressful for them about that if it's not about the money? Yeah, I think it's so funny. Like we're getting so deep into acting. I think that it's not about that for a lot of my clients. It's not about the money in terms of like paying the rent. I mean, they all have day jobs. Oh, brilliant. Good. What is it about? And I feel like this almost ties into my second question is the timing of things of, you know, leveling up. Like what I help with my clients is getting to the next level. But I think that sometimes like if you were going to auditions for like 10 years and never booking a network television show, like the alignment probably shifts and it's like not as fun just going to auditions. Right. So there's like a thing in there, like in an acting career and really for any kind of career in Hollywood where you want to get to that next level, you know, of SAG shows, of network shows and features as opposed to like this other lower level. And sometimes it takes a lot of time to kind of get over that hump. So I think for my clients, it's not so much about the income and having to pay their rent from that. I mean, I know that most of the people I talk to, like their dream is to be able to not have to have those day jobs anymore, but they're, you know, they're doing it while they have to. But I think it's more about like, how much longer do I have to stay in this lower level that isn't as fulfilling as it would be to be on a network television show? Ah, no, no, no. Oh, man, it's all about the level of consciousness you're coming from. So with this, I know we have like fake clients in our minds right now, right? <laughs> so it's fine. But I think a lot of people that are even listening to this can probably relate and maybe in their past or they know other people in their lives, if it, they're not motivated in this way themselves right now, maybe they know others that have or they could share it with someone that also is like these fictitious clients that we're talking about. But if they think they need to get to some other level that they're not at now and they're not already enjoying the process where they are, then they're not going to enjoy the outcome of that next level either. They're Then after they get that network show, they're going to need a bigger role and then they're going to need another one because that's the game they're playing. In this reality, you can play whatever pretty much game you choose. Like you get to choose your set of beliefs and your experiences will correspond. And those people that choose to say, I need to go to the next level, that is the mind saying, I need to effort an outcome to fulfill a sense of identity, which I no longer have. This identity that I'm in isn't serving me anymore. It's not good enough. I need a better identity. And this network show is going to do it for me. But really, it's not. There's going to be a next thing and the next thing. And if they're coming from this place of dissatisfaction with what is and thirstiness for more, 
that's the recipe for the antithesis to, like, for example, Abraham Hicks. Satisfaction with what is an anticipation for more is completely different energetically than the opposite. So what you were describing to me seemed like the opposite versus you showing up and you acting for the love of it, you showing up, you acting for the love of it. You have the financial pressure off the plate at that moment, you know, so you're not letting that become an extra burden on it and you allow it to unfold, that is a completely different game that is ease. But to say, I need to get to the next level from ease, (laughs) I need to get to the next level with ease, antithesis. I allow myself to go to the next level when it's right and easy, sure, but not I need to get, because the need is the dissatisfaction, the need is the tension with what is. And that is not ease. That part already negates ease. That's why it's looking like hustle for them. Right. Okay. How are you feeling with this? That makes perfect sense. And forgive me if this is a stupid question, but I think where I struggle and then for myself and then then to help them is like, I don't know how to word this in a way without it just being like, I'm just going to word it in a way that maybe other people are thinking too. It's like, how do I lower the flame of the desire? Like when the desire is so, it's just like a feeling. The desire is so strong. Like I see even for some of my desires of some of my goals I'm trying to make happen. Like it is such a strong desire. Uh, You said the word make happen. Yes, you're right. Make and need. Need to and make, need to make. These are all the mind of the human trying to control their reality. And I don't blame you. I mean, season four is like pretty much all about that. And like, here's actually the other thing. You are so new to season five, right? Like it hasn't really aired with the client sessions and all the stuff we're coming out with. So you kind of don't know what I've got up my sleeve. But we can talk LOA about this and Abraham about it, but it's not gonna change the fact that you have resistance. And there's another way to play this where you go even beyond and it's a more interesting and less spoken about point of view, but you just start to look at the insanity of the mind for what it is and stop taking it so seriously and stop trying so hard altogether. Now that is not using your mind to create your reality. That's allowing reality to flow through you from a source that's greater than the mind in you, but really truly from that voice within you. I feel like I can't keep up with everything you're teaching. I'm like, I'm just getting into Joe Dispenza, girl. Give me a break. <laughs> okay, let's ask your intuition, right? Which way do we want to approach this? Because they're all valid. They're like different facets of a crystal. One isn't like wrong because it's looking kind of pink in this light and the other one's looking kind of blue. They're both part of the crystal. They're both a part of life. They're both ways to play it. So which one's feeling more cozy for you to approach life right now from your inner voice? Is it to kind of explore the further realms Or is it to troubleshoot where you've been and understand where you've been more clearly? Because there's different paths we can take and neither, like I said, is right or wrong. It's just which way do you want to play the game? Is this like LOA versus conscious mind? Yeah, versus no mind. Beyond the mind. I don't have a strong preference. Like I'm just super into everything you teach. I'm not asking you. I'm asking your inner voice. 
Okay. Because you're speaking from the mind, which is great, but I think we want a deeper answer than this because that'll really give you the best benefit and for anyone else that's listening as well. So let's start tuning into what matters most, which our society values least. So what are you hearing? Like what feels to your inner voice more appropriate right now in this present moment? The conscious mind. Okay. So this is going to be a departure and it's going to be like, what the what? Who is this just lively? This isn't who I've known. Like the phase before this is, uh, the I guess, this Buddhist woman I met with, she was like, yeah, that's called egoic mastery or you could call it mind mastery. That's like the phase season four was in. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's a really wonderful place to be. And by God, would the world be benefited by people playing at that level? Absolutely. Versus the levels below that believe there's victimhood. Yeah, this is like better. But the problem is that the resistance is at that level. Have you noticed that when you play it season four style? Oh, yeah. That's why I think my intuition is like, there's no need to keep going down that path right now. Ooh, that sounds very inner voicey to me. A hundred percent. It's just got a different tone, different quality and less words. That's the way you kind of have a feeling you're getting to some juicy stuff. But the thing is, the fact that you're trying to solve all your problems with the part of you that's creating your problems is kind of an issue, right? Yes. Like you're trying to choose what you want with your mind. You're trying to take action with what you want to create what you want, whether you're taking it. Tell me if I'm right or wrong about this, Erica. Did you just go from, okay, I'm used to working really hard to now I'm thinking really hard? I know this because I did it. I am not speaking to anything I haven't done myself. But does that ring true for you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I hit the wall. I hit what I call the dragon phase or the Jess Lively goth phase where I was like, I can't think. This thinking is like hard too. Like it, I went thinking, oh my God, I'm, I'm just going to create without using my hands. Like play with the Play-Doh without my hands. I'm not mocking myself. I was a genuine, lovely person back then. But then I got to this point. I remember I was sitting on the staircase of my apartment in Sydney and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like it's effortful. And I had gotten used to releasing effort so much that even thinking with my consciousness to create my reality that my mind chose was too effortful and I just let it all go. But you relate to this feeling of, oh my God, it's so much work, but it's really about your mind work now rather than the physical or you know laborsome work. I'm thinking something, I know this is like a super cheesy analogy, but you know how when people are trying to lose weight and you'll hear a coach or someone say, oh, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle change. Yeah. That's what I'm feeling right now. Like I feel like whatever you're about to teach me, I have to learn this new way of living. And it's so foreign to me that I hope I can get there. Yeah, that's a funny analogy to bring up. So I went into, I'm not going to work out exercise for the outcome of the body I want. I'm going to visualize it. So I did that. And then I started freaking the heck out and going like all sorts of crazy. And my mind started like fearing and like wondering what if, can I really get away with this and all this stuff. And then my body started adapting to all these crazy fears my mind had. And then I ended up like fearing calf fat at one point in this crazy journey. And I like was in the cab once and I like looked down at my leg in a weird position. I was like, oh my God. God, there's calf fat. I'm going to just turn into this mushy pile of mush. And like, I was just like a hot mess. And then I realized there's nothing wrong with my body. There's only something wrong with my mind. 
there's nothing wrong with your life. And there's nothing wrong with your mind, but it's just only the mind perceives anything to be a problem. And when we think there's a problem, the mind tries to solve it, but it's actually the part that's creating the problem. Eckhart Tolle calls it, it's like the police officer, investigator, is trying to find the arsonist. The only problem is it is the arsonist. So it's setting the fires and it's trying to figure out who set the fires, but it's doing it. The same part that's trying to solve this is also the part that's creating it. This is why you want to go further. And this is why I'm not staying stuck at season four the rest of my life. I thought I would, but I couldn't. I hit that wall. I couldn't keep efforting my consciousness or efforting my thought in the mind. So it gets you pretty far, but not perfectly perfect. And that's a good thing. The mind, you can like use it and get some fun things. Thoughts definitely create reality. There's like, you know, all that stuff is true. It's just, you don't get every piece of the pie and that's not a bad thing. Or even if you do get the pieces of the pie, like for me, I got all of them, but partner and baby basically. And Jim Carrey got a lot of them too. We both hit the wall. Goth phase. Like now what? Like what's the point? So you might not be at that level. You just might be like, God, I'm trying to chase these four last pieces of pie and it's just not worth it anymore. Does that feel more like where you're at? I think so. Or what feels more true to you? What does your inner voice say about where you've been at up to this point? So my journey into this world in general started with Jack Canfield. So I started very tangibly and this is before he was talking about the law of attraction. You know, it's like I started with goal setting and tangibles and mechanics and all that kind of stuff. And then I started learning about the law of attraction and listening to you. And so <laughs> just my mind is just like being blown right now. It's a good thing. It's getting quieter. If it's getting blown, at least it's shutting up because it's blowing it out. is like I can't process this anymore. It quiets a bit. Yeah. I have two almost conflicting thoughts, one coming from my conscious and I feel like one coming from my intuition and my conscious is like, just tell me the easiest way to achieve all of my goals. I'm up for anything. And then my intuition is like, you just need to learn to be happy where you are and let go of all this other stuff. Yeah. And let's try to, for our call today, you can feel free to carry these over in the future as well if you want to. I find it really helpful to start to depersonify the mind to yourself. Every thought that crosses your mind is like three shades off from most other thoughts other people are having that aren't that different, right? They like kind of personify to you, but like you feeling better than or worse than someone else. Like how many people listening to the show have had that same feeling, right? Like it's not that different. It just tells slightly different stories that tailor to you, but it often has very similar themes. And a lot of it's around separation, deserving, and worthiness. Like those are really some core of being enough and being lovable. That's just the perception of the mind that can't see the totality of all that it is and all that it's a part of, because that's not what the mind's capable of, but the inner voice is. So we'll call it the mind, and you can tell me what the thoughts the mind has in you, okay? But we're going to call it the mind rather than your mind. And then we'll call the other voice, like you said, the subconscious or the intuition. We'll just call it an inner voice because it gets really confusing for people and they hear me say the word Joe and then they're like, you have a guide and it's like Abraham and like, you know, or they like, they go like, I don't have that, want, want. So they don't even try, but everyone's got an inner voice. So we don't have to worry about if it has a name or not. If you want to name it, cool. If you don't, don't. 
but you got something inside you that's going to direct you. And honestly, I deeply wonder, ponder, and believe that that voice inside of you is actually the authentic, potentially real you. And that voice that's in the mind is not. The only problem is you have it reversed. You're attached and identifying with a part of you that's not your core essence. It's just an aspect. And as long as we do that, as Eckhart says, this is normal and it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like it reminds me of this quote that uh, one of my coaches used to share with me that it's like the ego versus the soul and saying that the ego is trying to be what the soul already is. Yeah, it's trying to be complete, which the soul already is, 100 million percent. The ego's just trying to do it from external forces and outcomes. This is why we go back to our actors when trying to like say, if it's like getting to the next level and getting some new sitcom, it's just going to be after that, the next sitcom or the next level, the next level, the next level. And when it's done from a pure Abraham place, you know, when it's done from a satisfaction with what is an eagerness for more, that's delicious and delightful. But it's not when you're doing it from I need it and I need to get to the next level because next level naturally arises when it's right for you if you allow it to unfold. Like I can say I've had a lot of wonderful flow in my career. I allow it to unfold. I don't force it. And it naturally rises, but I'm not attached if it doesn't. And I have a lot of fun with my career more than I think many people tend to, and I take more risks with my career than many people tend to because I'm not as attached. The mind tends to attach in me to other subjects, so I kind of have a, like a little lucky break there. But that said, it's not that I didn't have that attachment in that area in the past as well. So I want to talk with you about what does your inner voice want to discuss today? Because we can go in a lot of different directions and maybe we will, but let's start at this point Looking down into your heart or gut, which one are you more likely to hear from? My heart. Okay. So if you ask it, what can I learn today with Jess? What does it say? What do you hear? How to make my journey more fun. Is it fun right now? Now listen to your inner voice. I'm now putting you in the corner. <laughs> so the mind is in the corner. I'm going to be the mind for you. I've got a lot of experience in the mind. I've asked many questions as the mind. And so just trust me, I'll be the rational thinking, analytical, fearful part <laughs> that you're used to being. So you don't have to. All you have to do is just tell me what you hear directly. No translation. You know what I mean? Like no analyzation. Just tell me what you perceive. Don't think about it too much because then you're going to dilute it. And I want to hear the unfair filtered truth from the voice in your heart. Sometimes people will like kind of hold off and go, oh, well, I thought I heard this. I'm like, that's exactly what I want to know. That part is the part I want to know, not the mind analyzing it. So I can get some really great nuggets there when they sometimes think to not even mention a phrase that comes to mind that they hear from. But okay, let's ask the inner voice, not you. So the part you identify as you is not answering right now. We're going to ask, Am I having fun right now? Yes. If I'm having fun right now, why is that something I need to work on with Jess? Because it doesn't last. Why doesn't it last? I don't hear nothing. Okay, cool. Well, that's good. Better than you making it up and trying to stretch it too much. Okay. It doesn't last. Is the fact that it doesn't last a problem? 
Yes. Why is it a problem that it doesn't last? Listen for the answer. What do you hear? Because there is an abundance of joy and I'm not accessing it. No, no. mm -mm. What did you hear? What are the words you heard? That was a thought. What are the words you heard directly? No translation. What was the question again? In your mind's eye, direct your mind's eye down into your body, like into your chest. And just listen, like you're kind of, uh, I like to think of it like a well of wisdom. And it's like you're lowering a bucket into the well. And you're then kind of lifting the bucket out of the well. So you're asking the question, you're receiving the answer, and the answer's coming up in the bucket. Well, let's go back to the other question. Is it a problem that the fun doesn't last forever? No. Ah, okay. I wondered. I thought that was a little weird for an inner voice, but I went with it to find out where the yes would lead. How did it feel yes before and no now? What was different or did you make the other one up or what's going on there? I think that I was having trouble separating. Okay. That's totally fine. You've never, how often have you done this before? I know, like once. (laughs) Yeah. So this is totally natural. You're actually learning to pull it apart. And a lot of people can relate. I get this question so much, right? How can I tell the difference? Okay. I get that question all the time. I would love you to answer the question. How could you tell the difference between the yes that you thought you heard before and the no you just heard? Same question, different answer. What was the difference in the words and how you felt them or experienced them? For me, the no just came. Yes. And the yes had a thought attached to it. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Brilliant. Because I, I, that makes sense. Because when I asked you why the yes, see, I didn't like say, that's wrong. You didn't, you know, I can catch sometimes if I'm like, if someone's like rambling, I'm like, you, your inner voice doesn't ramble. It's like, it's like, it may be Abraham at best, but it'll be brilliant and succinct and funny and witty. Or it'll be very few words and they're very powerful and peaceful. So anyways, I wanted to see where that line of questioning would have led, and it did lead to a thought. So I'm completely not surprised at all that you did that. So brilliant job. I'm glad we retraced back to the original question that got answered from the wrong source, because now you're going to keep doing what you just heard. You said it just came. The no just came. This is how you listen. The words just come, okay? Now you can tell me, and I would far rather you tell me I hear nothing, and I'll ask a new question, than make up a thought, okay? Yes. All right. Now, this is where I get to play the ego, right? I'm good at this role, okay? I've played it a long time. I've got a lot of years. <laughs> you want to be an actor? I can get you in Hollywood. <laughs> I don't need to act about the ego. It's there. It's definitely still, you know, in its force. So, okay. But I have practice with both voices. This is what's brilliant. Okay. So if I have all this, like, seeking of all this joy and of never-ending joy, why is it not a problem that it doesn't last for me? What do you hear? What comes to you? I mean, the first thing that came to me, but I don't... What did you hear? What came to you? I mean, I just heard one word. I just heard contrast. And you're like sitting there blabbing over that. (laughs) Do you see that? The mind in you is in the corner. I'm going to have a really great succinct conversation, okay? Succinct, which means you're kind of popping out because we're trying to figure out the voice and that's cool. But you're just like, oh, I only heard this one brilliant word. (laughs) It's like, we didn't need to hear all the preface. Just say the words, okay? So contrast. Have the boldness to just let the words be said, 
okay? Without any prefacing, just say them. If I have a question, I'll either restate the question and see like before or kind of ask how it felt. But that was brilliant. You didn't have to say anything else. Okay. Why is the contrast important for me? I mean, the first word that comes is to feel. Brilliant. Thank you. Now, next time I ask a question, just say the words to feel. I know my mind is going crazy. Like there needs to be a second part of that sentence. I also like to do this now. So sometimes I like to, you're really more the bobblehead than anything else. Like you have aspects of you, which is you have the aspect of the mind that you're hearing from 24 seven. You also have the aspect of this inner voice. You also have the aspect of the bobblehead that pivots up and down and bobbles up to the head or down to the heart. Okay. Now, I'm going to ask you to bobblehead for a second because obviously it's super eager to be heard. Let's ask the mind. Now, we're going to ask the mind the way we're asking the inner voice, okay? So it's not, you're kind of like speaking when you're talking to me, kind of from like a hazy mix (laughs) of both perspectives. We're going to go pure mind on this, okay? Okay. Because my mind is like, but, 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 but. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's let the mind have its little moment right now. But it's pure mind. It's it's pure the mind. It's not you because you're kind of this conglomeration of the inner voice and this and everything you've heard from anyone else. But let's ask pure mind. Okay. So get the like mindiest, egoist mind answer for this. Okay. Just let it tell you just like the inner voice tells you. And it might even surprise you just like the inner voice can surprise you. Okay. Why is it so hard for you to allow this to be happening right now? But what does the, what's the mind say about that? Why is it not letting us just do our job? Um, what did it say? Probably had something real quick because it's obviously a very fast motoring vehicle. <laughs> I know. And now I'm like. When you actually stop and listen, it's quieter. Mm-hmm. Like, why is it so important to you to be heard right now? Mind. Because I'm afraid that my true questions and desires will not be answered from this. Oh, okay. Thank you, mind. That's really important. It's like a little dog jumping up and down like, don't forget me. Okay, so mind. Okay, directing to the mind. What are the questions you're afraid we won't ask? Let the mind give its laundry list. How to create and manifest the things in my life that I really want that I can then help my clients also manifest in their life and to to find a way to be more aligned in my business so that it feels more downstream more of the time and and the money flows just as much as the like the energy and the excitement. I'm going to talk to the mind, okay? Thank you. I've also written those down. So we're going to use those for our launching point. So thank you, mind. We're actually going to use those. We're going to actually directly answer those. But mind, what if this involves no longer needing you as much as I used to think I did or much as I used to? To do all of those things, what if the answer to doing all of that involves less of you? (laughs) What'd you hear? What'd you hear? What's the funny response it gave? I'm envisioning like one of the last scenes in the movie A Wrinkle in Time where love is basically winning over evil and she just has to express love and then the evil kind of slowly dies. Yeah. And you know what? I recently just did like a realization about my mind. I had to tell it it's okay not to think. At the subconscious level, I needed to let it know it's okay not to think. Like it's doing a good job, 
even when it's not thinking. Because it used to be afraid of boredom. That was my mind, ego's biggest fear. It was not death. I'm excited to die. Super pumped. Like real excited for the next. I have like FOMO about other dimensions, not this one. (laughs) My friend was saying that she just had dinner with someone who's like, they can't decide where to live in the world because they're like afraid they're going to miss out somewhere else. And I was like, I have zero FOMO in this world. I'm like FOMOing about like what Abraham's experiencing and like what is going on on the other side. Like that's what gets me like feeling the FOMO. But anyways, that's just the mind and uh, a funny aside. But what it thought was the fear of boredom while I'm alive is the worst thing possible. And that I realized meant boredom, it would be the mind not thinking. So of course the mind would fear boredom because that would be that it wasn't using itself. It wasn't needed anymore. So it kept creating problems so it wouldn't get bored because it wasn't okay not to think. So anyways, I was just curious on what it would say about that for you. It's uh, the egoic death. And it doesn't need to be that we no longer, well, like when the true enlightenment happens, yeah, like we will perceive that completely differently. But that's for the consciousness to do for us that's within us. It's not within the mind to not become the mind. So the mind can't ever not be itself. So it's just about like relieving the resistance and pressure while we're in this in-between phase. But we can do a lot by bobbleheading down more. What you want has a path for you. That's the good news. There's a path. The uncomfortable news to the mind is that it's not the source of those answers, and it's not Jess either, and it's not Abraham. It's you, but the you that's down below, the bobble heading down into that heart space. Yes. How does that feel? <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just mind blown. I mean, the thing that keeps coming up for me around this is like, and I think it's something you said, it's because I already feel so much lighter somehow taking the seriousness out of everything. Because it's not serious. It's not. Only our perception of it makes it serious. Yes. This is mostly empty space. <laughs> this is like a hologram and we're taking it so seriously. Yeah. Like even when I then start to like think about all the things about my business and I'm like, but like, what if it was just like, stop being so serious about it? Yeah. Okay, so let's go back. Now, Mind, thank you for doing a really good job. You gave us some really great starting points, and we're going to answer them one by one, okay? So the Mind, how about that? We're going to start one at a time, and we're going to see what the answers actually are. And they're not in Jess, and they're not in someone else that's an expert. They're not in Jack Canfield. They're not in Oprah Winfrey. They're not in anyone else. So for you. We're now going to bobble head back down. The mind has now set its piece. It's really like, okay, I'm worried we're not going to talk about this stuff. We are. Let's go down and do it now. Okay? So let's start with inner voice. How can I create and manifest what I want for myself and for my clients? It doesn't have to be a full statement. Just like what word, what phrase do you hear? Follow your joy. Follow your joy. How do I know what my joy is? It's a feeling. What did you hear? What were the words you heard? Feeling, light. Feeling, okay, great. Keep it that. See where I said in the earlier, like people tend to like embellish? Yeah. Just give me the rawness. I want the raw dictation, okay? Be authentic to the rawness of the words. 
That's also going to help other people because when you add to it, it kind of confuses people. They're like, I don't feel that whole phrase. Okay. Feeling. Am I doing that as much as I can right now in my manifesting and creating inner voice? Hear nothing? No, I, I don't hear nothing. It's just the mind is attaching itself to it and finishing sentences. Okay. So thank you for noticing. Say thank you. And then tell me the words you heard. What came up for you? Yes. Yes. Today. So was that a yes to, yes, I'm doing all the joyful things? Yes. Okay. So you heard it came up for you that you are. Why does the mind not think that by following the joy like I am right now, that it's enough? New. Good job. Thank you for just saying the words. Great. Perfect. New. What does new mean? Just listen for the next word or phrase. I'm like judging the words that come up. It's okay. It's natural for the mind. It's like a really eager beaver. It's It's been in a phase where it's gotten like the full front and center spotlight for a really long time. This is what the Abraham season four phase is about. So new. What, what really came up, <laughs> even though the mind jumped all over it? Breakthrough. Breakthrough. I'm going through a breakthrough now? Yes. Okay. Now I want you to really listen up. Okay. Listen. How am I going through a breakthrough? Light. L-I-G-H-T? Yes. As in weight. Oh, I'm releasing like weight? Yes. What kind of weight am I releasing? Is it okay to release this weight? Oh my gosh. What? What just happened? It took a second for it to come. What was it? P.S. I'm a really emotional person. I might cry. Outcomes. So the outcomes, you're letting go of the outcomes? Yes. And it's bringing me more joy? Yes. Is it okay to let go of, now listen for this one and feel it with all of your senses. Is it okay for me to release outcomes? Yes. Why? I have goosebumps all over my body. I'm like crying. (laughs) Of course. What you're doing, by the way, crying, Abraham, love this. It's releasing resistance. And by the way, everything I'm now teaching in season five doesn't actually go against Abraham's core message. It's just when they get someone in the hot seat that's got a super active mind, they help them use it rather than transcend it. So it's not that I've listened back and gone real like, you know, with this new perspective going, what, what, what the what? And it's all still there. It's just like the next stage is the unconditional alignment stage that they don't often focus on in most of the sessions with people. But I think it's definitely going to be where they're going more fully in the future. But really, also, if you pay attention and you go back, this might blow your mind, but no thought is ever necessary in Abraham's core steps. No thought is ever necessary. Contrast happens. Automatic rockets of desire are sent off. You don't have to think about it. Source matches that all you have to do is feel there's no thought necessary the only reason they bring thought into the equation is because your thinking tends to bring your vibration down so they're trying to bring people's vibration up through the thoughts because the thoughts are actually what's bringing it down in the first place but if there were no thoughts to bring it down there'd be no need to think this is like i'm like i know i keep saying this but this is just completely blowing my mind Right? Okay. Now let's go back to you. But I do love Abraham saying tears are releasing resistance. So this is you releasing the weight. You crying is letting out emotions that got possibly blocked that were like hanging around in the body, just letting it out. That's really good. Now, how does it feel to feel within yourself a deeper part of yourself tell you it's okay to let go of outcomes? 
Amazing. What about Jack Canfield and, you know, all the people that are listening to Abraham trying to manifest all crazy sorts of stuff? What about all that stuff? What about my own persona trying to help all these coaching clients manifest all this stuff? If I let go of these outcomes, will I be okay? Yes. Why am I okay, even though it goes against so much of what I previously known or believed? Because it doesn't actually go against it. Is that what you heard? What were the words? Be authentic with the wording. Literal. Same. Same. How does it feel to say the real word rather than the thought version? I I can't explain it. Does it feel better? It feels more powerful to me. Yes. To hear the real, literal, soul truth of you come through. It's the same. So I'm no better or no worse depending on what outcomes come? Yes. It doesn't matter for my clients if they get the network spot or not? Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh I know. I, I, I'm good at this. I'm good at being an ego. Damn you. <laughs> I know. But this is what you want. This is like what you're using me for, right? You're using me to point out the blind spots that the ego doesn't even realize it has. But I'm not telling you the answers. I'm letting you find them within yourself. Yeah. Is it okay if they don't go to the next level? Isn't our job as humans to go to the next level? What do you hear? Be authentic and real. Organic. Organic? It could be organic. I don't have to force it. Perfect. (laughs) If I don't force it, will it be perfect? Yes. What does perfect mean to you, inner voice? Everything. What does everything mean? Joy. Oh my gosh. Everything is joy to you? Yes. Give me something hard that your mind is like freaking out about. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Give me an example it's holding on to so hard it will not let go of this cross. What's the cross it's bearing so bad? Results. Okay. So even crappy results that aren't what my mind wanted are good and perfect and joyful to you? Listen for it. Yeah, it's a battle right now. Well, okay, what came to you? I know there's a battle going on, but what came to you? Yes. How? Why is that true? Necessary. Is it necessary to not get what I want? Listen for this one. This is beyond, I don't even know what you're going to get out of this one. Perfect. Everything is perfect. Yes. Even the crappy stuff. Yes. Even the stuff I would never wish on my worst enemy. Oh. (laughs) Listen, this is beyond the mind. Welcome to season five. (laughs) This is beyond the mind's ability to accept, right? This is beyond it. To actually realize that everything is perfect and unfolding in joy when the mind creates problems and creates a problem out of reality, this is big. But you're not getting this because I'm being this wise master. I'm like Master Splinter and you're like Michelangelo, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. You are Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle listening to your own Splinter. Everyone in all of the mystics say this, that the answers are within you, but no one has just shut people up and said, go do it now, right now, with me, together. And watching you do this is showing other people they might be able to do the same. And they may be hearing answers 
as I ask the questions for you and other ones maybe bringing them tears as well that you're sharing because this point of view of absolute truth in your innermost soul, alignment essence, is very deeply connected to all that is, intimately connected to all that is. It's just other people's minds might not be ready to accept that reality or that perspective for themselves, and that's okay. And other inner voices might lead other people to doing other things, but a lot of these core truths are universal because they're a part of the universe to be well. I hear you do not need to effort or strive at this and all is well on repeat like a broken record for the past like eight months. Many other channels say all is well. I don't know why that phrase is such a popular non-physical phrase, but it tends to be. But either way, it's relating to what you're getting to. Do you notice that? It's saying all is well. You got the word perfect. Everything. Necessary. Yeah. Here's a question. Let's do this one. This is a good one. Is everything going well for me? Yes. Is everything going well for my clients? Yes. Even if they're upset about their jobs right now? Yes. Is it always going well for all of us? Yes. Am I loved? Yes. Do you, inner voice, love me? Yes. Always? Always. Even when I'm out of alignment? Yes. Especially. Yeah. How does that feel to hear that? <laughs> I'm trying not to like burst out into tears right now. Well, go. Let it out, girl. Oh, my gosh. Like everything from season four... Like I went to my first Abraham live event a couple weeks ago. This is just blowing my mind because I feel like it really is the difference that you are explaining. Like this is so simple and easy. It's so simple and easy. Whereas with the law of attraction, so much of it, at least in my experience and a lot for my clients is like, here's this new way of thinking that we need to learn and we need to now erase all the 30 years of thinking beforehand that don't line up with this new way of thinking. And so it is hard. Okay, let's ask the inner voice this. Is that true that it's hard? No. Why is it not true? The mind thinks it's pretty hard. <laughs> the mind thinks it's really challenging. Why is it not hard? Resistance. Yeah. Well, is the resistance coming from you, inner voice? No. <laughs> is it coming from the mind? It's coming from the mind. Why does my mind keep creating resistance? Best best what it thinks it'll bring the best out of me mm -mm. will it happen is it true no no this is gonna be interesting why does the mind create resistance can i really say the word that just came to me yeah yes fun <laughs> wait it creates resistance for fun okay is the mind having fun with resistance yes okay now mind let's bring the mind in okay let's interview the mind microphone in front of the mind is this fun for you Yes. Why is it fun for you? Why is resistance fun, mind? It's what I do best. Why do you do it for me? I need something to do. Yes. Okay. Let's go back to inner voice. Bobbling head down. Bobble head down. <laughs> we bobbled up. We're going to bobble back down. Okay. What will the mind do if it doesn't have resistance? What can it do? Ask the inner voice this. Oh. What'd you hear? Sleep. <laughs> is it okay for the mind to sleep? Yes. Will it be okay? Yes. Is it okay for it to think less? Yes. Will it still be loved? Yes. Will it still be safe? Yes. How good does that feel? 
to know that the mind is loved and safe and it doesn't have to think so much. That's like kind of basically the same thing I came to recently where I realized my mind was just trying to create problems to avoid boredom. And then I was just like, because boredom would mean it's not thinking anymore. So I was like, wait, no, it's okay to not think so much. It doesn't have to. To do a good job, it does not have to think so much. It can do a good job and think less. Yes. This is like the antithesis of season four in a way. To a (laughs) level of mind, right? To the mind interpreting season four. This is like, wait, I went from having the lead role in this play to now I'm like a ensemble character. Like the inner voice has now got a part of this show. Is that okay for me? I've been running the show for a really long time. I've done a really good job drowning out this voice underneath. But not really, right? Not enough because you kept looking and you kept seeking and you kept going forward with the resistance that was there, trying to find, correct me if I'm wrong, a releasing of resistance. Yes. Okay. I'm going to now ask the bobblehead, not the mind and not the the guy, but how are you doing right now? I am good. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, now you're quiet. Now you're like, I know. now you're just doing the one word answers like your inner voice, which is cool. I just want to get a read on your like emotional feelings on all of this stuff that's unfolded. My mind is kind of racing. Okay. What's it racing about? I'm just having one of those moments where you're like, all these other questions don't matter anymore. Okay. You know what we're going to do, mind? We're going to do the other two topics they wanted to cover. We're not going to let it go unknown what the answers are. Okay? Yeah. I want to talk about how to help your clients this way and how your inner voice wants to do so and also how to be aligned in your business. Because those are the other two things that it said it was afraid we weren't going to get to. And let's just see what the answers are. They don't have to be long. Yeah. Will I be able to help my clients with a less busy mind? Yes. (laughs) Will I be better at helping my clients? Yes. Why? Free. What will be free? Mind. Mind will be free? Okay, this is interesting. Is the mind needed to help my clients? Sorry, mind, but no. (laughs) No. No, it's not. Why not? Ask the inner voice that. Why not? Growth. Growth. Can I help my clients with this inner voice? Yes. Yeah. Does this inner voice know what to share with them? Yes. How can I share that with them? Show. Show them. Show them how I'm doing it myself? Yes. Like demonstrate it? Yes. Is that possible for them too? Yes. Is it possible for everyone listening? Absolutely. (laughs) You heard the word absolutely? Yes. All right. What if they don't think they can? What if it's your client or someone listening? What if they don't think they can, inner voice? Love. Love. Love what? They're frustrated right now because they don't think they can hear it. Themselves. Love themselves. Which part of them should they love? Inside. Yeah. Which is both, the mind and inner voice? Both of them are inside. Okay. Anything else I should know about helping my clients besides showing them how to do this by modeling it? Love came up again. Yeah, of course. What do they really want most? Joy. Yeah, that's why they want to get to the next network thing. They think it'll be more fun. But when they're doing it because they need to go to a next level, that's not fun. That's just an egoic identity thing. And it might not be fun to be in that job. And your, their inner voices might be protecting them from a really unfun job if they'd only allow themselves to see that. How do you, looking back on like how you, 
you've been approaching the client next level thing from this subdued and quiet place. What's coming to you now, Erica, not, you know, inner voice. I think I've been afraid to fully go there, to fully let go. So I've been dancing around this and maybe not a hundred percent leading with it. Yeah. Well, that's natural. I mean, you've only done this once before you said, so it's not like you had like a lot of focus on it or practice with it or, you know, building up that connection and trust to it because to the mind, it feels untrusting because the mind is like, wait, 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 I'm used to trying to like look for any potential falls, any potential problems, and I'm here to solve those resistances that don't actually exist. And if you're just going to say nothing's wrong, how do I know that you're really going to look out for me and everything's going to be okay? It's not trusting to this voice right away because it's used to thinking it needs to take all of the responsibility. But in time, you'll get to practice that with it and build that trust to this other voice as well. And then it'll be easier and easier for the mind to like allow the the other voice to take part. But how are you feeling? We're now at the halfway part. So I'd love to check in with you and just see how are you feeling about today's session? It's so unexpected. You know, it's like coming into this, the ego is so like, well, this is what you need to ask. And this is what we need to cover. And you need to leave here with clarity on these things. And I feel like now it's perfect. I mean, perfect is the word that keeps coming up. And also I had like an incident happen in May where I was told that my intuition was wrong and I shouldn't follow it. Like that's coming up again, you know, just in my thoughts. What if it's wrong? Not even that, but like really just surrendering to this now and maybe the fear from that, you know, from that incident has been holding me back. Yeah. Well, let's go into that. You just said this is insane. Why is it insane for you? I can't believe how speechless I am. Well, but wait, what did I just say? Why are you speechless? You do know why. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just such an unexpected experience. I'm like I said, I'm usually talkative to a fault. I ramble. I repeat. Let's wait, wait. Okay. That's the mind rambles. The mind repeats. Yes. The mind is verbose. Incredibly so, but it's trying to do what the master within you can do. Like, it's so interesting also. Okay. Oh, I haven't shared this on any client sessions yet. Okay. Yoda, Splinter, Buddha. A lot of these aligned and kind of Eckhart Tolle is pretty wordy, but like not too much. So like a lot of these super wise people say like three words and you're like, wow, like, how, like what are they like Yoda? Like do or do not. There is no try, right? They're all so brief. And you know what they're all doing? They're all speaking from this place. And we think they're all so different than us, but that's just because we're listening to a different part within us. It doesn't mean we don't have the inner Yoda or Buddha or all these other places. They're all in us, but they're speaking from that place that you are doing right now. Yes. How does it feel to know you're that wise? Oh, man. It's awesome. I mean, honestly, what I'm thinking is, okay, like the second we get off, I'm going to go ask my intuition all these questions about what I should be doing. Well, we can do it right now. We don't even need you to get off the call. First of all, do you want to go into the intuition being wrong? If you feel like it'll help. Well, it seems like it was something that you kind of felt like you were starting to mistrust this voice because of it. I don't think I was mistrusting it. I think I was feeling 
oh, wow, I'm finally able to let myself trust it. Yeah. So someone else told you it was wrong in a scenario? Yes. Yes. Wait. So someone else's mind told you your inner being was wrong? Correct. And in what world did they think that they knew better than your inner voice? Yeah. In their mind's world. Were they coming from love or fear? Oh, fear. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, of course. That's what the mind does. If I had a dime for every time my inner voice tells me the reason I'm like upset or having an issue is because I'm scared, I being the mind, I would be a millionaire because that's what the mind does. It's here to solve problems. It is a useful tool to solve some very specific problems, but it's running our lives and we've made a whole persona out of it. And it doesn't need to, but in order to keep existing and be useful, it needs to have problems to solve. Ergo, why the mind of me is so afraid of boredom? Because then it doesn't have any problems to solve and it doesn't need to be needed. And then it doesn't need to exist. It doesn't need to think. Therefore, I don't need to exist. And therefore, I don't exist. And that's not me. Ultimately, that's not my consciousness. That's not the inner being, but that's the persona known as the ego. I call it now the driver's license you. So the view that you associate with your driver's license, when Eckhart's talking about the ego, he's talking about that whole damn thing. He's not just talking about like what I used to think he was talking about, which was like just the thoughts that caused me problems. <laughs> I thought the ego was the part of us that thinks we're inferior, superior. I didn't know it was like just lively. I thought that was me. No, that's just a, like if you had a past life, if you believe in that, is that you now? Is that past life? Let's say, do you believe in past lives? I'm just curious. I do. Okay. So have you been told of any past lives you've had? I did a past life meditation. Does there any story you have that is potentially a past life? Yes. Okay. Tell us a story if you want a little bit. I did a past life meditation actually very relevant to this about why work and business is so hard. And what was this? What's the persona you, the character you played before? I saw an entire movie play out like an office back decades ago when women were not business owners. And you and, were a woman in that life? Yes. Yes. And asking for more responsibility and being laughed at and struggling to put food on the table for a child um, and having all these ideas and wanting to do more and not having the opportunity. So is that, let's, did she have a name? Mm, I don't remember. Let's just name her. Oh gosh. Just make Jane. up one. Jane, okay. Is Jane you now? Jane. Are you asking, who are you asking? I'm asking you, Erica, is Jane you now? Erica's answering this? Yeah, yeah. Is she, is Jane you? Are you Jane? Are you Jane? I don't know. Right? I think. it's She's dead. Like, she's not alive anymore. Her body's in the ground. You might have been in that body, but is that you now? Is that you now? No. So when you die, <laughs> is Erica you? If no. Jane's not you, then Erica's not you. No. They're just facets on a crystal. They're just TV shows you've watched by a really big you that never dies. That's watched a lot of shows, had a lot of different experiences. And eventually, in this life or another, that bigger you is going to come into the living realization, like the alive realization in a body. And it's going to go like wake. That's when they call it waking up, enlightenment, like that more 
all pervasive, all like abiding presence and that connection. But that hasn't happened yet. But in the non-physical, non-linear time, it already has. If you take time out of the equation, like in another dimension, it has happened. You just haven't realized it yet. Mm -hmm. So there's some other instant present moment that's happening in this body lifetime or some other, but it's basically already done. You're just finding out how you did it. Sometimes people like to say that. You're just discovering how you got there. The mind has a lot of stake in Erica right now. Yes. And so it's afraid to stop thinking or stop solving problems because then Erica doesn't exist as it knows it, which means it doesn't exist as it knows it because right now it thinks it is Erica. Yeah. Is this an interesting uh, line of thinking or how are you feeling about it? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm feeling super magical at the moment. Just all love. Good. Okay, so let's go back. So someone out of fear, like all minds generally operate, even if they're trying to love you, they're doing the actions typically from a place of fear to keep you safe from a loving place. Like it's not trying to actively hurt you by creating resistance. It's trying to love you through the resistance. It's like, well, let me just solve this problem so you don't have any issues. Our parents do, like some like helicopter parents do the same thing to their kids, the mind in them. And it's not the parent, like their essence, their soul isn't doing it. Their inner voice isn't doing it. Their inner voice knows the kid is infinitely capable and came in to have their own experience. It's the mind playing out within that person and externalizing it to others as well. It's a fun game we all play. And as Eckhart says, it is normal and it's insane. So this person was doing that with you. Mm -hmm. Did you change your behavior or the action from the inner voice to their mind? No. You didn't. How did it turn out? We parted ways. And how did you feel afterwards doing that? I'm so used to now answering from the intuition that it just keeps coming up. I mean, because the first word that came up was free. You feel free. That's how you can feel whenever you look down into your heart instead of up into the head. Because let's ask, inner voice, am I always free? Yes. Always? Always. Even when I don't have enough money? Yes. Even if I lived on the street? Yes. Even if I was in an enslavement camp? Oof. I know, mind is going to freak out, but let's Oof. just test it. Listen, just ask. Cost you nothing. Yeah, that one's tough. Okay, well, here, let's do it simpler. It's all just degrees, right? It's just like the water your mind is willing to wade into. So, okay, if I had overbearing parents, would I still be free? Yes. Even if they wanted me to do something different with my career or life? Yes. What about an overbearing boss? Yes. What about an overbearing government? <laughs> What about if they told me what to do? Would I still be ultimately free? Yes. How is that possible? Soul. Soul is always free? Yes. So I'm always okay? Yes. Okay. Do I ever need to listen to someone else when it comes to matters of this inner voice? No. So that other person was just doing her the best they could, but really I was right for following what you said to do instead. Yes. Okay. How can I stay aligned in my business? Check in. Check in with what? Soul. Soul. How do I do that? <laughs> Bobble down. Bobble down. <laughs> Is that all I got to do? Yes. 
what if I forget to do it and I go crazy for like three weeks and I use only my head and I go back to all my visualization techniques and everything and all the resistance comes back? This podcast episode will forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go listen to yourself again. But what then, inner voice? What then? What then what? If I go on a rampage for three weeks of resistance and mind crap and I totally forget to bobble down, what then? Oh, perfect. Perfect is what you heard? Yes. Why is that perfect? I wasted three weeks of my life. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. What does that mean, inner voice? Nothing is a waste. Nothing is a waste. What is the gift that comes out of being stuck in resistance and forgetting to bubble down, inner voice? Alignment. Alignment? How is that? It's misalignment. That's the period of misalignment. Get back. Get back. And that's just by bobbling down. Yes. What does compassion mean to you, inner voice? Oh my gosh. Love. Can I have compassion for myself when I have resistance? Yes. Can I have compassion for other people when they're like totally in the mind and they're telling me what to do and they don't realize my inner being's got it covered? Yes. Can I have compassion for like the overeager clients or overeager parents or people that are in governments and are afraid and are overeager and trying to control their people because they don't feel good? Yes. So all of this contrast is actually helping me understand other people's contrasts and I can have compassion for them as well. Yep. And I can have, do you have infinite compassion for my mind, inner voice? Yes. Always? Always. Even when it's tricky and insane and upset? Yes. What about everybody else in my life? Yes. What about the, the most difficult person I have in my life? The one that's like the hardest to get along with? Do you have infinite compassion for them as well? Yes. Do you have compassion for me when I don't seem to find it for that person? Yep. Look at the difference in your list. Can you feel the difference in how you're doing this than when we started? 100%. Oh, you're doing so beautiful. Does this feel like a huge head massage? Does your head feel like emptied? I feel so light. You just let go of a lot of psychic weight, mental weight. I always think of the mind kind of like gnats, like, like little swarms of bugs swarming all around your face or midges if you're in Scotland. And one of the great ways to clear that out if you're in it is to exhale. I always think about like if you had a bunch of bugs in your face, when you blow out like that, they can't stay in the energy of that exhale because it moves faster than they do. So it, like they blow out and it's kind of like blowing the, the smoke or the blowing out the bugs. So just like a little idea for you if you ever need it. Just a big exhale or a few big exhales can really help clear that air. Okay, what's showing up for you now? The mind is so much quieter, I can tell. But is there anything it wants to, to ask more? I think so. Okay. My ego is afraid to ask it on the podcast, but my soul is like, but just get this help while you're here. Go, shoot. What I want to, I guess, ask my inner being and kind of figure out there's a part of my business right now that I don't love and I don't know if there's another way and so and that's doing sales calls okay uh, inner voice so I need to do sales calls like the thing that's coming up is is no but my ego doesn't believe it okay all right why is that true thank you for being authentic in integrity to the answer why is it true that I don't need to do them when my mind obviously thinks that's not possible? 
I don't even know what you just asked me because I'm so <laughs> experiencing emotions right now. Yeah. Okay. 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 Let's let's step this a little bit back. Inner voice. Why is the mind so resistant to sales calls or stopping sales calls? The mind is resistant to stopping because it doesn't know another solution. Is there another solution in her voice? Yes. What is the other solution? Oh my gosh. I know. We're going to get real answers here. Inner voice. What is the other solution? The word that keeps coming up is connect. Connect to people? Yes. In person or online? Like, oh crap, that question hasn't been asked before. I know. What, what it is right now is the fear of the mind. It'll let me ask some questions it thinks it knows the answers to, but it gets real worried about what's going to happen. It's like I'm going to drop the baby. It's like, don't drop the baby. Don't ask a question you might get no answer to. If I haven't already pre-thought it, it's not allowed. It's kind of the mind thing. Yeah. I mean, this was so much easier when it was like much more general <laughs> questions. Yeah. Right? What we're doing is getting curious, okay? So we don't have to get something like the five-point process for Erica to get, you know, but that said, you may just get more than you realize if you only have the courage to ask. And it costs you nothing but the ego. It's like everything's at stake to the ego, <laughs> which is so funny. Like what's really at stake logically? The mind is so not as logical as it thinks it is. Like what's the at stake really? If we ask this and you get no answer. Yeah, nothing is at stake. Nothing is at stake. But what does the mind feel right now? Oh my gosh. Like the world could end? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, mind, let's ask, let's bobble up and go pure mind, not Erica, pure mind. Why is it so scary to ask these questions? This is like a really, really good question. It's scary because... It could have me change my entire approach. And then my ego feels like, well, what was all that work that we've been doing all this time for? You're working with a sales coach, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like all the time and money and energy spent on one direction. Oh my gosh. It's the feet. It's holding on to the past. The mind thrives on time, not clock time, psychological time. So everything it's holding on to is a past and a projected future that doesn't exist right now, right? Like the, the money you've spent, the time you've been with that coach is not right now. And any outcomes you would have get by implementing that is not right now. Right now you're talking to me in your voice. So all the resistance is coming up from the mind holding on to this persona, the driver's license, Erica, that spent this much money and this much time doing this stuff in the past that doesn't exist right now to get a future that doesn't exist right now. And your inner voice is at peace in the now, the only place that the mind isn't. Ergo, the reason the mind's never at peace, because it's not in the now. It's not accepting what is. The only thing that's real is right now. Everything else is not real. And in that, like, and I say that, like, obviously there's a perception of it, but in terms of reality right now, Everything happens in the instant, the instantaneous now. And it's so interesting. I, I kind of have some fun playing around with the word instantaneous, instant gratification. And it, we look at that as like we're such a you know privileged society. Other people used to have to wait a million years for internet to log in and all this stuff. But really, we only live in the instant. 
And that's not to say about anything about Amazon orders and stuff like that, but just to recognize that us actually becoming more present, and oftentimes it doesn't feel like that, but at the same time, there's something there to be said about the instant or the present moment. That psychological time can't ever really capture. In the moment, the mind is projecting into the past or the future. Like even to the mind right now, what is the problem right now, mind? Right now, in this moment, is there a problem to the mind? Just that it's being challenged. Yeah, but to your inner voice, bobble down. Is there anything wrong right now? No. Is there anything ever wrong in the now? No. No. Why is that possible, inner voice? Present. Yeah. If I'm truly present, is there ever a problem? No. Only thinking makes it so. Even that moment I thought I had calf fat in the last part of the episode and I was freaking out and then I was like, spent all this time thinking about that. Was there a problem? Well, I was afraid I was going to turn to mush in the future and I was afraid that the past visualizations and lack of, you know, 20 minute aerobic exercise workouts that would be like at the gym, you know, I had all this past and future crap that was wrapped around it. But even in that moment that I was in the cab and I saw the calf fat weird angle, like, was that a problem for me in that moment? No, no one saw it. It was just me in a cab alone. Like no one was even there in that moment to witness it, but myself. It's crazy because I'm, I have my notes in front of me of what I prepped for this. And in my notes, I answered the question that you just asked my mind. What was the question and what was the answer? The question was, what are you so scared about this question? And I wrote in my notes, I hesitate to change strategies because then I'm just jumping from one thing to another and not giving it the time it really needs. Ooh, beautiful segue. Bobble down. Am I jumping from one thing to the other too quickly? No. Why not? Alignment. You mean it's I'm allowed to jump ship whenever I want? Yes. It's okay for me to change my mind over and over and over again? Yes. I'm not being flaky? No. I'm not living in fear? No. I'm not just being some privileged, instantaneous gratification person? No. There's nothing wrong with me? I just want to do something different now? <sighs> Why does that feel scary to my mind? We're asking the inner voice its perspective on the mind and why this is scary to be able to change course quickly. Because I've been told. Yeah, it's just a story, girl. Yesterday, I planned to spend a week and a half in Hawaii at this uh, friend's condo building's rental unit, okay? So I didn't get to see pictures of it, but I had built in my head the kind of similar condo unit that they were living in. And I was dreaming about that kitchen and how it was across from the Whole Foods and how I was going to cook for myself all these fruits and vegetables. And I was going to be so happy because I've been three weeks in a hotel leading up to that point. But when I got there, it was literally just a bed, two nightstands and a dresser. And I would be coaching for the week like on the ground because <laughs> there was nowhere, there's no desk or anything. And so I didn't resist it too much. It wasn't what I wanted, but it wasn't I didn't have a huge fit about it. I just like went to the cafe and I just thought, you know what? I don't have to stay here. Even though, you know, I might be on the hook. I don't know about the refund policy for it. I realized, and it wasn't cheap by any means, but I realized like there's only the story that says I can't change this that would make that true for me. So then I was like, well, let me go on Skyscanner and see like 
Honolulu to anywhere. <laughs> and then Canada popped up. And then all of a sudden I was like, yeah, Vancouver was a really beautiful layover. I've always wanted to go to Vancouver. And then I looked up the flight and it was really cheap. And then I didn't even buy that cheap flight. I bought a nicer flight. And then I found like one thing led to another. And then I got here this morning. And then I got an Airbnb, super excited. It was like really expensive. And I was like, you know what? It's okay. Even if I don't get the refund on the other place, my friends have friends in town. They might be able to stay there, which is cool for them. It's a gift to them. Cool. If I get my money back, cool. But I'm going to go give myself this great experience, this beautiful kitchen and this beautiful place. So I get there this morning. I have an overnight flight. I messaged you saying, I'm not sure if we can do the call, but we still were able to do it as planned. And in the meantime, I landed and the place smelled like smoke. It was a beautiful penthouse apartment for a billion dollars, basically for five days. But it smelled like smoke and the place just was not nearly as nice as I it looked in the pictures. And so I knew immediately I didn't want to stay there. The smoke by that hour in was just like really gross. And the windows were open and everything. But it was just like this is not energetically a place I want to be in my highest alignment to serve you with. So then I went and I called Airbnb. But I don't even know if I can get that refund back. <laughs> So I'm like, all right, you know what? The universe, I can only stop myself, right, from finding the right place. Now I'm here, I'm in Vancouver, but I don't have to stay in this place. And I don't know if I can, hopefully I'll be able to get the money back, but I don't want to fight them about it. I just would like the money back because it's not worth what I paid. And I, even if I pay the money, it's not worth me staying there. So then I found a nice hotel. Did I want to be in a hotel again? No, but you know what? I'm rolling with it at least for three days and I'll figure it out from there. So I'm kind of what your mind might call jumping ship over and over and over again. How does your mind view my decision to keep changing given the light of what we just shared about your situation? I mean, my mind is like, that's awesome. How can I start living like that? <laughs> well, what if you gave yourself permission to change course in your marketing plans and efforts? Yeah, I mean what was coming to me was it's not like if you do something longer it will suddenly feel aligned yeah it's not like if i stayed there five days i'd suddenly be okay with the smoke right it's like well maybe if i just do this a little longer it'll eventually feel good well maybe it'll feel better when i start to get better at it it's a very human tendency and by human i'm talking like abraham talks about humans and a lot of channel entities talk about humans like, oh, you humans, <laughs> we love you so much, but you're humans. Like that's like this, the suffering mentality and story that's very deeply embedded in a lot of human minds. Is that true inner voice? No. My inner voice doesn't know limits. Only I can put them upon myself by telling different stories. And I kept reminding myself, I don't have to tell that story. And I don't know if I'm going to get the refunds from either of those two places. But you know what I do deserve? To have the best place to serve in the best way with C-School coming starting this week and the four coaching clients I have. I want to give you guys the best that I can. And that means that giving myself the best so I can show up the best. Does that make sense? Yes, 100%. And that's what I'm really thinking about lately is... You know, it's like I have to fill myself up so I can be the best coach that I can be for my clients. Okay, here we go. Inner voice. Is that true? Yes. No, there was hesitation there, wasn't there? No, it doesn't matter. I, oh, I'm guessing. Do I just want to do that for myself so I enjoy my life more? Yes. Yeah. Do I need to sacrifice for others? 
No. No. How does that feel? You don't have to sacrifice, nor does anyone else have to sacrifice for you. Right. How's it all sinking in? It's... Can you imagine? It's kind of like the Matrix and the pills. Like, which pill do you want to take? The f- season, the season four, or the season five pill. You took the season five pill. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like choose your own adventure. I'm so glad I did. This is the way to release that resistance. That was the beginning of the call's quest, and you didn't even have to be fully enlightened for it. <laughs> <laughs> You can still have the mind there and it's still actively more present in our lives than it might be for Eckhart. But now we have the option. At any moment we're choosing to align with that voice, we are in enlightenment or in alignment, as Abraham likes to say, that enlightenment is in alignment with with source, source energy. You have an inner being that loves you very much. They always say it's trying to talk to you and you guys can do this too, like Esther, but they never just say, shut up, person listen, (laughs) like I'm doing. I'm now in the hot seat with you as the Abraham. I just find out what your story is. And then I ask the questions your mind wants to know. And you stay as the Abraham, if you will. But it's not an extra entity. It's not a separate thing. It's just a voice in you. And we don't have to overanalyze. Is it me? Is it a guide? Is it, you know, God? Is it Holy Spirit? To me, it's a voice in you that you hear, just like the mind that you hear. And if you identify with the mind, you might as well identify with this other one as well to the degree that it serves you better and that it loves you unconditionally and it has compassion for yourself and everyone else, which is all of the spiritual universal truth speak to. And you maybe even more honestly, maybe there's an aspect of us that's really just the bobblehead that has the choice, the awareness that gets to listen to both voices. Maybe that's the most authentic, purest form of us. Or maybe all three of them are just facets of a crystal. Either way, we got another voice and we can pay more attention to it. And a lot of peace comes from it and a lot of direction in the present moment. I imagine my clients listening to this and being like, I cannot believe she's not talking all the time. Okay, here's a question. Oh, beautiful. All right. Inner voice. Why does the mind in me talk so much? Learn. It's trying to learn? Yes. By talking so much? Yes. Is it learning more by talking so much? No. How could it learn more? Inside. Listen to this voice inside of me? Yes. Yeah. So I don't need to learn from anyone else anymore? (laughs) Yes. Do I need to learn from anyone else's answers about my own life? No. Can I just come to you? Yes. Will you have answers for all aspects of my life or are you only good at marketing? (laughs) All. Is there ever an area that I should go to someone else? No. Why not? Because you're not them. And they're not you. This is with all my classes. I say, if your intuition feels it's a fit, I'm excited to work with you. I can never tell someone if they're right for me. Only their inner voice could. And I'm not right for them. It's just the content's going to be the right time for them in that right place. And ultimately, I've been saying this message from day one of like all my coaching. And with my business clients, I started just doing this because I was like, man, they want to pay me hundreds of dollars for me to just tell them what to do. And and then the reason they do that is because they're looking outside of themselves for answers because the mind wants certainty. And it feels like if it talks to someone else that it perceives to have achieved what it wants, 
it thinks that that person knows better than itself because it's never seen the inner voice do a good job at marketing, right? It doesn't think it's a marketing pro. So it goes to someone that it believes is a marketing pro to work with them to get that same result. That's like a lower level of consciousness on our planet that's doing that. Like if you wanna be successful, go to someone who is and ask them how they did it, right? And then they tell you, this. I did this and I did this and I did this. And what they're saying is my inner being told me to do this and then my inner being told me to do this and then my inner being told me to do this. This is how you should do it. But if your inner being is not leading you down that same path and no true innovator ever does, because the whole point is that they're innovating and doing something that's never been done before, they're not an innovating on the path of someone else. They're changing the path. That's the innovation. But then everyone else tries to copy their path to success, which was their inner voice. And they get tripped up along the way because they're following a path that someone's inner voice at a different time and place with a different person and a different set of desires and alignment, by the way. Like I think about this a lot. It's not just like Steve Jobs or, you know, Richard Branson. It's also Mother Teresa. Like I think there's this kind of martyrdom uh, in our like general, this isn't like super pervasive, but I kind of think about, you know, how there's kind of this collective idea sometimes or generalization that like Mother Teresa is a really good person and we need to do things we don't always want to do to be a good person. But I don't think Mother Teresa got out of alignment to do what she did. But when we think about being Mother Teresa, it would bring us out of alignment to sacrifice everything she sacrificed, that we perceive she sacrificed. But if you look at her, she doesn't look like she's massively out of alignment, right? So we see her alignment and assume that's the same for us. That should be what's just as aligning for me. Or if Gary Vaynerchuk loves working out in basketball and working hard so much and hustling, I should too. Because he's really happy and successful. And that's what I want to be too. So I need to do things Gary does instead of doing the one thing Gary's doing, which is following his alignment. Yeah, it's crazy because I have these conversations with my clients, but not enough with myself, I guess, because I always stress to them that like when you come to Hollywood, it's really easy to start living someone else's version of your dream. And you came here to live your version, you know, like for a a super surface level example, some actors come to me and say, well, do I need to have a huge social media following? And I say, well, does that feel good to you? And it's a personal alignment choice. I have one client who loves that and is all about that. And I have another client who that feels really icky to, so they don't do it. And so, you know, having these conversations with my clients, wanting them to find the most aligned path for themselves and not doing it enough for myself. Okay, inner voice, bobble down. How can I do that better for myself? Trust. Trust what? Me. Will you let me down? No. I have goosebumps. Because how does your mind feel about that? Does it trust that? Because it says no? No. Why doesn't my mind trust that you won't let me down? Fear. What is it afraid of? Being wrong. Is it afraid that the inner voice is going to be wrong and then I'm going to be let down? Yes. What's the worst thing that could happen if that is true? Nothing. (laughs) Why does the mind fear nothing so much, so badly? Its role. Is what? Fear. Yeah. 
Is it doing the best it can? Yes. Can I have compassion for it when it, it pretty much is motivated to love me through fear? Yes. I can have a lot of compassion for that voice. Yes. Yeah. How do you feel? Oh, my gosh. My mind has a lot of fear that the answers live outside of me. Inner voice, is that true? No. Why don't the answers live outside of me? Alignment. Is my alignment and answers different than others? Yes. Why do I have different answers than others? Why can't I just go find it outside of me? Unique. You mean you don't want to do this twice the same way? You mean you don't as a soul or as a general (laughs) oversoul of all the souls, you don't want to just like keep playing the same game exactly the same way? No. Why not? Be so much safer for the minds. The minds would be a lot happier with that. No joy. What brings you joy in her voice? People. (laughs) What? What? Oh, my gosh. (sighs) That struck a chord. How so? Because it's connecting back to the question that you asked about online versus offline. There you go. We got back to marketing without even trying. (laughs) It's like, what is your joy? People. Connecting with people and helping people. And you don't need to do sales calls for that. No. I used to say, God, it would be so cool if I could just go to dinner with someone and leave helping them. What's stopping you from doing that at the grocery store? I know. I. I mean, I do. I do have those types of conversations everywhere I go. It's, it's just who I am. It's inevitable. I can't. It brings me joy. But it must not be happening in sales calls or I bet you'd like them more. I'm not saying you should do them. Your inner voice said no. So this is not about resurrecting the dead, but. Yeah, yeah. It must not have had that same energy infused within it or you might have enjoyed the process a bit more. Well, and that's why I'm so having such a strong reaction to your offline versus online question, because one of the reasons I don't enjoy them as much is because I don't enjoy being on the phone all day. Okay. You don't have to be. I met a guy in an Uber car that I had a really nice, I got like bumped up to select or whatever. And I was on the way home in Hawaii or to my hotel. And he said that he uses Uber. He drives it in his really nice car because he does private day tours. Like his real business is booking private tours of uh, historic Hawaiian sites. And he uses the Uber as his marketing tool. It's a paid marketing tool. He meets the people he'll end up working with in the private, like they end up booking him basically because they like him in the car and then they find out what he does. And he's not calling people and he does have a guy kind of doing the more traditional path, but like he really enjoys that and he gets paid as he does it. But it's really the marketing that for him makes the the biggest bang for the buck and he makes money along the way. So anyways, he's connecting and helping people and in doing so markets through the vehicle that feels easiest to him. Yeah. So you don't have to do sales calls is the whole point, I guess, you know? Yeah, I don't have to do anything that... (laughs) (laughs) You literally don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything Literally, Eckhart sat on a bench for two years. You don't have to do anything, but your inner being might want to do some things for fun. <laughs> and you should probably should go do those things. Totally. I mean, it, like, if I go down the path, it's like, well, I do sales calls because my program is a high ticket item. And I have a high ticket item because that's what seemed like it was going to grow my business in the best way. And I have this dream of buying a house in the hills. And then it's like nothing on that. Yeah, 
says, I chose this because it lights me up. Exactly. But when you go with what lights you up, you get all that stuff, but it doesn't matter so much to be in the world, but not of it. That's like an aspect or an interpretation of that. I think that actually speaks to a much deeper realization and truth, but it still kind of applies here on a more surface level. I love that my alignment brings so much benefit to myself and others as well. Others being the listeners, others being the clients, and others being like pencils of promise, right? Like, am I helping you right now? Yes. And hopefully I'm helping, like we together are co-creating to make a really powerful experience for listeners. And out of that, also because I love Four Sigmatic Mochas and other sponsors, like they get benefited because they find new people that love their products too and like the mochas as much as I do or some other product. And then out of that, or joining the class or whatever, kids in Laos, Guatemala, and Ghana are getting schools and programs and e-readers and all the stuff that they're getting. And it all comes from my joy, not because I, you know, the way you did it was backwards to how I do it. Right. I think my mind is thinking, well, what is your joy? I don't know what that is. Okay. So what do you know to do now? Bobblehead down, baby. Yeah. What does it say? What is my joy? (laughs) I mean, people keeps coming. Yeah, that's all you need. And also the mind is saying, what is my joy that's going to work for the next six to 28 months? Like it's trying to project a future permanent thing, not what do I feel like doing right now? I don't know if I'm going to stay in this this hotel in three days. I didn't know I was going to be in this hotel three hours ago. (laughs) And I didn't know yesterday at 5 p.m. that I was going to book a flight and be five hours later on a plane to Canada. But you know what? It's more interesting this way. And I don't know where it's going to end. What I'm doing, though, is being careful not to choose to color the story wrong so far. Right? That it was wrong to go into that other unit in Hawaii or that it was wrong to pick that Airbnb that smells like smoke. You know? I'm not telling that story. I'm just looking at this as a fun adventure that I didn't expect. I didn't expect to be in Vancouver. Didn't expect the Airbnb to be like it was. Didn't expect, you know, to be here now. Let's see what's, I don't know what's next, but I'm about to find out. And at least it becomes interesting if you can have fun with it instead of fear it. Yeah, I mean, my theme for the past week and a half, I told my clients this, I did a Facebook Live about this. My theme for myself is unexpected. Like I've been challenging myself to get out of the mundane and the routine and to create more unexpected experiences. Okay. But that's like prodding yourself out of something that feels good. I was feeling this. What story were you telling that made that the truth for you at that moment or a perception of truth? What was the story that made you have to change out of alignment and cozy habits to something that didn't feel as comfortable? Oh, because for me, it's the opposite of what you're saying. So like I was feeling not cozy. I was feeling super misaligned. So then isn't that not a challenge, but that's actually pulling you in joy to do something new? Yes. yes, Why did your mind label it a challenge? Because that's prodding you. That's turning something that was aligning and easeful into upstream. You upstreamed ease by calling it a challenge. Right. It's very human. Just very human. It's not you. It's the human mind, a very human mind thing to do. Because you've seen other people do it before. You didn't start the fire, Elton John. (laughs) 
you've seen a million challenges on Instagram, marketing everywhere. There's every challenge. Let's make this a challenge. Alignment a project. Yeah. And instead of just doing what felt fun right now, <laughs> it was like, it made it uphill. It made something you were naturally doing to find alignment, something you had to do and your ego attached identity to it and made it less easeful than it could have been. True or false? Yes. Does that feel right? Just thinking about the language you put into it, not you, the mind attached to it. No, I understand. I understand. Yeah. Well, the language is telling about where it's coming from. That's what's really useful about the language sometimes, because we can kind of get mixed signals where we're actually hearing from the lower part. And so it's like, well, that will usually be trusting, joyful, allowing, peaceful. You know, those are a lot of the same monikers and labels and, and, and aspects of that voice. And the other one likes to challenge and create plans and goals. And it's all to do with time. Did you put a time frame on it? No. Okay, that's good. So the mind often, though, 30 days, right? It's like projecting. Oh, yeah, no, no. How often do we hear the word 30-day challenge? And it's like, well, we're going to project into the future that far to know what in 30 days is going to be aligning for us at 9 a.m. in 30 days and committing to now to a, like a projected future that doesn't exist, which is like potentially a misalignment. Yeah, I remember you said on an, a podcast episode a long time ago how something that you would do in the morning felt super aligned for you, but you didn't make it a routine because that same thing might not feel as aligned two weeks from now. Yeah, that's what the gift of my travel has done for me is it keeps shaking me out of traditions is the word that comes to mind. Like I can't get settled in too long or too comfortably to anything because my surroundings keep changing in my place. And I could choose to not do that. If I had the aligned knowing that it was time to be somewhere more permanently, I would for sure go do that. But right now I just keep following, you know, yesterday I thought I was going to be in Hawaii and then it felt more aligning to go to Vancouver. And then it was more aligning to go to this hotel room than the Airbnb. So out of all of this, it keeps kind of shaking me up. And actually, I'm noticing some mind resistance to the fact that I still haven't had a kitchen in three weeks. <laughs> I'd really like I'd really like to slice an avocado with a plate. This is what I'm going for. Everybody has their own like first class problems. And like right now, a plate, a knife and an avocado I can slice and, and put a spoon in dishwasher. And like, you know what I mean? These kind of things I haven't had in a while. And it would be really lovely to I even thought about, oh, to have a juicer and marble countertops. Like, what if I had my own kitchen? You know, it's so funny. I obviously could go back to Sydney, but it hasn't felt aligning to do that either yet. So I just soldier on with the mind soldiers on, right? The inner being flows on peacefully. <laughs> but the mind is like, what about my spoon and the avocado and the knife? When's the kitchen going to happen? And, and, and I've got a month in Detroit. Likely the plan is right now all hotels. <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's see how this goes. But it's still unexpected. And at least I uh, get to see what's next. And the same is true for you. You get to see what's next. You don't have to know right now. You just know you like working with people. Yes. I love how quiet you are. This is great. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm unrecognizable as Erica right now. Well, you're not the mind persona, Erica. When the personality comes to serve the seat of the soul, that is authentic empowerment is a rough quote by Gary Zukov that Oprah Winfrey re 
repeats every interview she ever does. And what you're doing is letting go of a lot of the layers that don't need to be there to still be essentially and authentically you. Isn't that freeing? Yes. I mean, I feel like I'm in a trance. Yeah. Well, yeah, it feels really trance-like to get out of the trance of the mind. That's what you really entered, right? You're usually in a trance. This is your exit from it. As my friend in Australia says, how good? How good? I mean, I feel like I'm, even though I'm not meditating, I'm feeling uh, what I perceive Joe Dispenza to explain about letting go of body, time, and environment. You're entering your true eternal now. Welcome to your inner voice and an aspect of who you truly are. This is why they're all so wise, those splinters and Yodas. Three words, it's all it's needed. You can still be yourself, but it's going to be a different aspect. It's going to be a different, slightly different flavor. And that's good too. They're all there. They're all experiences to be had, even when the mind ramps back up and puts its persona and its little cape back on and its little costume and goes out there and plays Erica, just like it played Jane possibly in a past life. Like, it's still like an interesting character to play. But now we know she's a character and we don't have to take her so seriously. So all is well, (laughs) as my inner being says at all times. But yeah, thank you so much for sharing with us. I think this has been such a cool place to go because I could tell from our intro in the first episode that, you know, you were really like hardcore into season four and we just like airdropped you into season five. And I think like you said, you seem a little mind blown. (laughs) Yes. And it's, yeah. (laughs) But what a beautiful place to be at the same time. Yeah, I think... This is what my inner being was looking for today. Yeah. It wanted to speak for a little bit. (laughs) Well, thank you for coming on the show, Erica. It was a joy to have you here. Thank you so much. Really, thank you so much. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And Erica, thank you so much for coming on the show. If you'd like to send Erica a message, you can do so over on Instagram at Hollywood Success Coach. And if you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can find me at Jess C as in Chicago Lively. And for show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash Erica Wernick. Now for where I'm headed to next, as I mentioned, I'll be in Chicago or am in Chicago by the time you're listening to this. And then I'll be headed back to Detroit this weekend to spend time in Michigan and Detroit and Ann Arbor with my college bestie, long, long, long time friend, Maggie. So excited to show her all of the new things that have happened here in our home state that she hasn't seen as she's been away. Until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today. Thank you.